Hey there, chocolate lovers. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, you can find it on our Craft Chocolate TV YouTube channel. Hi, welcome to Craft Chocolate TV at Zorzal in the Dominican Republic. And we're so happy to be sitting here on the reserve, which is a place that We've been buying beans from for probably five years. Yeah. And and I think we've been buying beans for seven years from. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ever evolving. And I just learned a lot on this trip. And so today we're going to go into some of the details of what we've learned recently about production in the Dominican Republic. The fact that it's the largest organic producer in the world. Totally. And the system in which they grade beans, which appears to work really well. Sounds great. And should probably apply to other countries. Should we introduce ourselves? I mean, oh. everyone knows who you are. So I'm this Greg D'Alessandre. Oh, yeah. Greg D, the loud guy. <laughs> uh, um, also, Greg. <laughs> this is this is Dylan, a.k.a. Butterbaugh. Ooh. Getting that in there. <laughs> um, getting personal. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I, I have a microphone on my back because I'm too loud. So I'm feeling a little sensitive. Which is something days. that almost everyone already knows. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so loud. <laughs> um, this is this is um, this is Dylan Butterbaugh, the owner, founder, and all-around awesome dude who's who's made Manoa Chocolate a reality, as well as made Craft Chocolate TV the amazingness that it is. Well, thank you very much. That's very flattering, and it has been lovely to have you on the show as a repeat friend and co-host. Repeat. Yeah. So I'm glad we're on the road now. We're on the road. Oh my God, we've taken it on the road. Yes. And on this road, we've recently found out that the Dominican Republic, <laughs> it is a dirt road, which is a- actually, they paved a lot of it. It used to be, it used to be a dirt road all the way here and it would rain and it would take hours and hours and hours to like, mm. which it like, I mean, not to dive into that, but it's actually, this is like one There's of the things charming about, about that. Well, I was also gonna say, it's one of the things that's really great about like spending time with the cocoa producers you work with because you get a real understanding of like how hard it is to do this job where it's like, if you can't even drive cocoa out of there, like it's just like all of the logistics well, become you hard. you pointed out something really interesting. One of the reasons the Dominican Republic has been so successful with cocoa, despite having much higher wages, yep, uh, I totally. found out that I think it's 12 or $13 a day yeah. for somebody to, to work out in the compost and the yeah, fields. Yeah. Um, which I think in somewhere like Nicaragua is maybe four and in West Africa might be two is because their infrastructure is so good. Yeah. The roads are good. Yeah. Things don't take that long to get around. And then it's location being very close to the United States helps a lot as well. Well, and and part of it also as well as not Europe's not that far either. Totally. Um, the part of, part of the, the infrastructure being good also is that, um, in the Dominican Republic, most of the cocoa here is centrally fermented. You know, so if you look at yeah. like West Africa, most people are fermenting their own cocoa, so they're selling dried beans. Here, most people are selling wet beans um, to a centralized fermenter. The three biggest ones in uh, the Dominican Republic are Roig, Resec, um, and Conocado. Conocado is a co-op. Roig and um, Resec are businesses. Um, but what it means is there's competition. So if you can, if the roads are good enough, what it means is the distance you can travel with your beans. Someone's on a motorcycle traveling there right now. Um, the distance you can travel with your beans is further. So you can have Oco Caribe and Zorzal and Conocado and a number of these different potential buyers that you can potentially sell to. And when there's options, 
you get a better price. Yeah, and to give ideas on that, as far as volumes produced in the country,、yep. it's somewhere between eighty and ninety thousand tons、right. a year, which we did the math just now translates、right. to about three thousand four hundred. Forty-foot containers. That's a. I was going to say a, a ton, ton of cocoa, but it's a <laughs> lot of more. tons of cocoa.、Um, well, and and the three I just named,、um, Konakado does about eighteen thousand tons a year,、um, as opposed to like Okokribe, which some of you might know, does about five seven hundred tons a year, and Zorzal does about two hundred tons a year. So、mm. there's a, also a lot of sort of different、yeah. sized producers. Even though they're all centrally fermenting, there's different sized producers,、uh, and so it's one of the things I really love about the Dominican Republic.、Um, In in cocoa is that it does feel like,、uh, well, and like people say, you get better prices. Like the farmers are getting better prices here for the work that they're doing, and、Which、I definitely appreciate. I also、that. found out on our drive up here, the price is somewhere the farm gate price, meaning、right. what would be purchased from the farmer at、right. their farm in the form of wet seed、right. is the equivalent of about eighteen to twenty percent less than the commodity rate. Yeah. At the time, like、That's、the New、exactly. York Stock Exchange,、yep. somewhere between eighteen and twenty percent less.、Right. Whereas Rizal is obviously paying more because、right. they expect more,、right. and then doing the rest of the work themselves. Well, and and、uh, just give a, a little comparison. I believe right now、um, in Cote d'Ivoire, the farm the, or the price paid to co-ops is around sixteen hundred dollars per metric ton for. And that's paid to the co-op. That's not paid to the farmer. That's the co-op, which is a collection of farmers.、Uh, um, Is sixteen hundred, and that's for that's for finished fermented dried cocoa, bagged cocoa, versus、wow. here a farmer gets about two thousand dollars per ton、right. for wet beans, and so that's dry weight equivalent.、Um, we won't get into what dry weight equivalent is, but look it up if you're interested.、Uh, the internet is your friend,、um, but we can cover it. The、later. internet is not always your friend. Sometimes the internet <laughs> is terrible. Anyway,、um, but if, different episode. <laughs> But um, but so two thousand for wet beans, so it's a lot less work, direct to the farmer. So it's not going through a co-op. So if the co-op gets sixteen hundred, the farmers themselves are probably getting twelve hundred, maybe. So that's a lot more money so for fifty percent. So yeah, but for less work and for just that would、beans. mean probably dried seed. That's a, that's exactly that's for dried seed, so, which takes two weeks of effort to do. Like、This is maybe a great moment to jump into the the two different types of cacao that are produced on this island. The island of Hispaniola, indeed. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. So there's two types of beans that are for sale. One gets a lower price. One gets a higher price、yep. because one is more work. Yep.、Uh, Hispaniola is、yep. the higher quality. Yep. And Sanchez is the lower quality or less work involved. Yeah, Sanchez is unfermented. So, so the idea is, it's not, it has nothing to do with the genetics of the bean or any of this. It's just Sanchez is unfermented, which is an excellent system because you can't always get to everything necessarily.、Totally. Cacao comes in waves, right? And sometimes, if your fermentation boxes are completely full, what are you going to do? I was just at a fermentary last week. This is exactly what happened. He got like multiple pallets of wet beans that he bought, good, high quality cacao, ready to be fermented. He he didn't have any more space in his boxes, so it had to sit out for three days in bags, which meant that like it, you know,、um, it, it, for 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 buying wet beans, you have like people would argue differently, but like ideally, you would get the wet beans into fermentation boxes within four or five hours.、Mm. Worst case scenario, you're talking about twenty four hours. But like if it's if they're sitting in bags for 
three, two, two days or three days, you're not going to get good fermentation because the fermentation's already started in that bag. And he, that's basically what he said. He said like, yep, it's unfortunate. I bought these beans. I didn't have any room and now they're going to be Sanchez. But to still be able to get a decent it's price. Awesome. Yeah, that, that really is. And so I want to say it's somewhere around 8% less. Yep. And so it still justifies wanting to do the work to get, say, 2500 a ton instead totally. of $2,100 $2, a ton or whatever that difference is. And one of the nice things about this is the government did this, and which is so rare. Oh, my God. <laughs> for the government a, to make a yeah, great so call. For the government to do a great thing like this. But, like, <laughs> it actually it works really well because it also means that, like, uh, there's organic Sanchez and non-organic Sanchez. There's organic Hispaniola and non-organic Hispaniola. It's so organic is just basically means how it's grown. And then the Sanchez and Hispaniola is how it's fermented. But the nice thing about this is uh, it basically means you can have you can buy lower quality, probably not as good tasting beans from the Dominican Republic. But it doesn't ruin the reputation of the, com the country like we've all done this probably inappropriately. So where you will like get a sample from you know, Vanuatu and you taste a sample and you're like, yeah, it's not really my thing. And then you'll think maybe I just don't like cocoa from Vanuatu. Now yep. we all know that Very like, easy to happen. It, it's easy to happen. We all know that like all cocoa is different and like you shouldn't generalize from one sample, but it's really good that like there's these two quality levels. So if like, if you're, you can ha sell lower quality beans without ruining the reputation of your own business. Zorzal can sell Sanchez beans without people being like, Oh, Zorzal's beans aren't fair. Right. And so where we went today and we toured Conicato, yeah. their processing facility, which is a few years old now. Yeah. They're and beautiful. They it, do cocoa butter. It was impressive. They do liquor. They do nibs. Uh, they have a capacity of 30,000 tons in the Dominican Republic. And a lot of people are looking for Dominican butter and powder, which is really cool. Yes. And so to have an outlet for something like Sanchez to go into the form of cocoa butter and cocoa powder. It's amazing. Wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah. No, it's really great. And and the reality is, like, some people like Sanchez better. Sanchez is cheaper because less work is put into it. But some people like it better because... Yeah, you got to elaborate on that one. Well, it depends on what you're going to do with it and how hot you want to roast it. And, like, um, I was talking to, uh, I, I believe it was uh, Gino from Meridian and um, uh, Vicente from Camino Verde in Ecuador. And they said, it's fascinating. If you give people blind taste tests of liquors... It's surprising what some people like and don't like. If you don't tell them, this is the less fermented bean. Okay, um, so I'm just going to explain what that means oh, because sure, that sure, was yeah. some detail yeah. that most oh, people yeah. might not even that. understand. So a lot of the time, the industry likes to evaluate cocoa liquor, right. which would be roasted cacao seeds. After they're winnowed, you then crush up the nibs and turn it into what we call cocoa liquor by refining it to the point of about 50 microns. Yeah, yeah. It looks so like chocolate, yeah. but it's 100%. Right. And so we call that cocoa liquor. Yep. And exactly. when you taste cocoa liquor, I find it overwhelming on the yeah. palate to the point where I can't really tell what's going on. Yeah, It's not as easy to um, consume the way that maybe nibs are because it's slower right. to, to spread out. Um, or chocolate, which is balanced with sugar. Yeah. I, a, a lot of people that I've talked to are moving away from tasting liquor and moving into tasting 80%. So yeah, you add like 20% sure. 20% sugar, add the same sugar every time, but that way you get more of the flavors expressed. Because I agree with you. It's like, I always think of it as kind of like, uh, it's like music. And if you turn the music up all the way, you're not like hearing the music, you're just hearing 
you know, sound. Yep. Right. And like the same thing is true for, for me with hundred percent liquor you taste it. And like, it's really tough to like get all the nuances. Like you, I think Carson's crawling over here. It's Carson crawling over here. He's making an appearance. He's, yeah, I mean, he's maybe, real. maybe just the top of his head. Yeah. We, as is <laughs> maybe he's believing that the back microphone is not as exciting as he thought it was. Oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh! <laughs> Someone's getting something moved. From his... <laughs> oh, it's too loud. <laughs> Do I just need to speak up? Here, no, no, no. Oh my god, it's still too loud. Don't wiggle your chair. All right, I won't wiggle my chair. It's it's cool. It's a very stable plastic chair that's never going to get wiggled. <laughs> On a hill. Oh, wiggle, 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 wiggle. Oh. <laughs> Keep going. This is oh. this is your fault. This would have never happened if you weren't here. <laughs> he's he's talking to Janady, who <laughs> is here with us in the Dominican Republic and has a has a burgeoning uh chocolate business in Vancouver that she doesn't want us to talk about. <laughs> She's shaking her head. I think it's cor- corona. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. Did I say that right? Colona. 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 <laughs> oh yeah, outside of Vancouver. Colona. That's yeah, true. The wine growing country. Yes. Oh, um, anyway, see. so uh, so back to how do I sound now? Do I sound better? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay, but but yeah. So uh, so um, liquor. We? we were talking about liquor. So like liquor. I too. I agree. I find hard liquor hard to taste. Um, we at Dandelion we taste seventy percent chocolate because most of what we make is seventy percent chocolate, and so we're just like might as well do it seventy percent. But in talking to people about like standards, like trying to make international standards, I think eighty percent is going to become the standard. Right. And so you were just talking. So before I derailed us there, you were talking about Vicente and oh, saying yeah. that liquor sometimes can be tasted, and people like something unfermented as much or more than something yeah, fermented. Totally. A lot of people, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, again, blind tasting is so important because you bring so many preconceived notions to something that. Oh yeah. This is why I love drinking wine out of a brown bag. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also because the police don't stop you. <laughs> you can um, drink in the streets. Oh, okay. Well, then, I don't know. No, no. But then you're not influenced by something like the right. label right. or the fact that yep. you know it's 2012 from this part of France or right. this yeah. Napa cab, whatever. Right. Now, I mean, that being said, we as chalk makers take advantage of the fact that people get preconceived notions. And so on our labels, we put sure. things that make people think like, Ooh, that sounds good. And then they well, taste the it. The ones who are like, smart enough to learn the hard way. You're like, you, you need to put something on your label <laughs> yeah. that helps you sell it. Yes. No, but it's true. But, and, but like those preconceived notions as a chocolate maker, you want to sort of eliminate as many of them as possible. Uh, but anyway, so as I was saying, like Sanchez, I think a lot of people will try Sanchez if they don't know what Sanchez and say, Oh, that's got a lot of flavor in it because it does. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? I'm about to sneeze. You're going to have to cut this out. <laughs> That probably broke his mic. <laughs> well, is there anything else you think we should cover on Sanchez and Hispaniola? Uh, no, I think that's pretty good. I think, hey, that was a pretty short one, too. Look at us getting less wordy. Damn. Concise. Concise. All right. The new Dylan Greg combo. Concise. Thanks that's everyone. been another episode of Craft Chocolate TV. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Hi, guys. If you enjoyed the podcast... We'd appreciate if you subscribe and give a review. This helps other chocolate lovers like yourself discover the podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great day.